We are live. We are live. I would like to say good morning to everyone and good morning to those that are listening online. And we have just blessed and honored, blessed and honored to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit as well as to be among the saints. Amen. We're blessed. Amen. Amen. For those that may be looking on and kind of figuring out what in the world is going on, we just happen to be thinking about the goodness of God. And it had took us to a place in the realm of the Spirit where we focus on how good God has been to us. And so that's where we've been. But this morning I'm going to move along because we have a some scriptures we want to deal with this morning. And uh, we're going to go to the book of Joel. We're going to go to the book of Joel. <coughs> we're going to revisit some things, <coughs> but we're also going to take us to where God eventually will get us to. And the first chapter of the book of Joel is where we're going to <coughs> we're going to begin. And we want to talk about what the Lord dropped in my spirit a couple of weeks ago, that the next season that we're going to enter into, after he completes the season of losses, because we're now in that season of losses, but he says we're going to enter into a fruit-bearing season. After the loss, we're going to enter into the season of fruit-bearing So we're going to begin at the book of Joel in chapter number one, and we're going to read verse number two. Father, we thank you now. Bless your word. We pray, Lord God, that every ear be open, and we counsel every assignment of the adversary. And we give your name praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, the book of Joel in chapter number one, beginning at verse number one. Two, beginning at verse number two. It says, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? The Lord says, Listen up. What we're about to see, what we're about to witness will be nothing like we've ever seen before. Oftentimes, you know, we talk about the Lord coming in the day of the Lord. and But then God says, Brenda, we, we need to remind the people, do they really know what they're saying? Because of the mere fact that the, door, the, uh, the day of the Lord is not what we really think. We think everything will be wonderful and everything will be so great but there's some things that has to happen before we have that final curtain call amen so the next place we want to look at is in joel chapter number two joel chapter number two and uh in joel chapter number two it talks about uh the day of the lord that's when they were saying in, in that verse number one you know, 
has this ever happened in your day or even in the days of your father? In other words, can you even remember um, a day like we're about to be approaching, even in your father's time or in your time? And then it says in Joel chapter number 2, verse number 2, it talks about, he says, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there have not been ever the like, neither should there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. So the, so what we will encounter in, in, in the future term, it will be gloomy. It's going to be dark. Even though we're hollering, we want the day of the Lord to come. I'm ready for God to come. But there's a lot of things that has to happen before huh, all that takes place. There's a lot of things. We see a lot of things happening now. Even things are going to get even worse. But, but there is hope at the end. I, I definitely want you to know that there is hope in the end because then that's where the fruit-bearing season comes in. But we have to deal with and be, have a reminder of the completion of the season of loss. Now, I don't know many of you if you've been experiencing any losses in the season, but there's going to be a completion of, of the season of loss. Is, there are a lot of things that has to take place. Now, let's look at the book of Amos, <clears throat> Amos chapter number 5, because there's some scriptures I want to give us this morning uh, so that we're able to understand what God is saying. Amos chapter number 5, and we're going to look at verse number 18. Still dealing with the day of the Lord. Still dealing with the day of the Lord. We're following the scriptures. Now, Amos chapter number 5, verse number 18, it says, Woe unto you. Now, that word woe, that means grief. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. And then it has an exclamation point. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is what? Darkness and not light. See, we think everything is going to be, you know, everything is going to be great. Everything is going to be wonderful. But we got to understand what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that the day of the Lord is darkness and not light. Then it goes on to verse number 19 in the book of Amos, verse 19 says this. It says, And if a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him. Now, he's running from one thing, but he's running up on something else. Or went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. In other words, every escape route that we may have it will be met with even a greater opposition. If he's running from the lion. He flees from the lion. He runs upon the bear. And when he leaves his house and he leans his hands upon, upon the wall, then he's bitten by a serpent. So all this, there's so much there. There's so much to unpack when we're talking about the day of the Lord. 
And verse number 20 says, in the book of Amos, chapter number 5, verse 20 says, Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? Talking about the day of the Lord now. See, a lot of, right now we think things are dark. You know, we think in society a lot of things are happening and things are crazy. But they're going to be, it's going to be even worse before the return of Jesus Christ. See, we've got to be careful how I'm ready for God. You know, the day of the Lord. We have to understand what is the day of the Lord? What does that really mean? What, what will we have to encounter before the Lord comes? Now, let's go back. Now, let's go back to the book of Joel. Let's go back to the book of Joel, chapter number 1. Going back to the book of Joel, chapter number 1. And we're going to read now verse number 3. Joel, chapter number 1, looking at verse number 3. And this is what it says. Because what we're about to experience in the coming time of our life, because everybody's lifespan is not the same. Here he says in verse number 3, he says, Tell ye your what? Children of it. Tell ye of your children of it. And let your children tell their children and their children another generation. Another generation. In other words, he says, in the day of the Lord, when all these things that we're going to about to experience, he said, you need to tell your children. Because, see, there's a lot of things that's going to take place. You tell your children because eventually you're going to pass on. And after you pass on, that which you've been instructed or what you've told your children, then they will be able to tell their children, and it will go from generation to generation to generation. In other words, it's like the Great Depression. You know, the Great Depression happened in 1929, but yet we have still told people about the Great Depression. So you're going to have to pass on the situation and the circumstances that we may experience in our lifetime or in another lifetime for our children. But God said, tell your children, tell your children. So what is it I am to tell my children? Now, I'm going to stick close to what God gave me, okay? Now, looking at now, verse number four, this is what he, he begins to say. This is what you're going to say to your children so they can pass it on to their children, and then they can pass it on to the next generation. Now, verse number four says that, this. He says, that which the palmer worm hath left have the locusts eaten, and that which the locusts hath left hath the canker worms eaten, and that which the canker worms have left have the cow piddle eaten. Now, what, I, what, what is all that? What does all that mean? What does that mean? You see, what God has already uh, pre-informed us a while back, he's talking about our four stages. Uh, there are going to be four wave, uh, waves of destruction, but they are going to be progressive. Yeah. There are going to be stages of destruction. Everything's not going to happen at one time, but it is going to be stages, all right? Now, let's deal with the palmer worm because we need to know about the season of the losses or be reminded what it actually means. So, now, when we deal with the palmer worm, 
When you think about the, the, the natural uh, uh, means of the pommel worm and what it does, what it does is it begins by eating the fruit of the tree. The pommel worm, he eats the fruit of the tree. So what he does, he eats the fruit of the tree. Spiritually, it means he eats or he devours away the fruit. Now, what fruit is he, is he talking about? What is it that, that, that the pommel worm that, that, that he eats away? And it talks about what he does in the natural. He eats the fruit. Well, in the spiritual, because we got, this is a spiritual word. The Bible is totally spiritually. So what is he eating away at during these stages of destruction? When you think about the fruit, you think about the fruit of the spirit. He eats away at our joy. He eats away at the love. He eats away at peace. He eats away at long-suffering. He eats away at gentleness. He eats away at our faith. He eats away of our meekness and even our temperance. Now, temperance means self-control. Has anybody been in, in, uh, in that place of out of control when you're supposed to have temperance, which is self-control? <laughs> Can we get an amen? See, that's, that's that pommel worm. He's at work. He's eating away at your fruit. That's what he's doing. He's eating away at your fruit. Now, let's take it a, a step further about it. Now, the pommel worm, it also takes away the joy out of fellowship. Now, let's go now. Let's go to St. Luke chapter 6. St. Luke chapter number 6. And we're going to look at verse number 43, St. Luke, chapter number 6. Amen. Remember that it takes away the joy out of fellowship. Because, see, some people don't feel like, you know, there's joy in, in, in having fellowship with one with another. You know, they think they can do it by themselves and all this craziness, you know. But that's nothing but that, that pommel warm at work, okay? Now, it says in uh, Luke, chapter number 6, verse number 43. Remember now, it talks about how the pommel worm eats away at the fruit, Okay? the fruit of the Spirit that's within us. It says in verse number 3, For a good tree bringeth not forth, what kind of fruit? A corrupt fruit. A good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither do a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Okay? And then verse number 44 says this, for every tree is known by his what? Own fruit. For thorns men do gather figs, nor of a, br- a bramble, bramble bush gather they grapes. In other words, he's saying now the tree, and we are trees of righteousness. We are trees of righteousness. We are known by the fruit that we bear. Okay? Well, what does that mean? It is, the, it is the outward manifestation of one's faith, his behavior, or the character of their works. If you want to know what kind of tree you are, check out your character. If you want to know what kind of tree you are and what kind of fruit you're bearing, then what you want to do is check out your behavior. Amen. Thank you. 
Oh, check out your works. Because it's talking about the works of the kingdom. See, a tree, a tree is known. It, 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 there's a scripture in the New Testament when, when God, uh, uh, um, the man was, that was blind, and because he was blind, God, uh, 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 he spit in the mud, and he put it on the man's eyes. And he asked the man, he said, well, what do you see? He said, I see men walking as trees. See, he saw in him, uh, mankind, in this natural state. Then God laid his hands on him again. Christ laid his hands on his eyes again. And then he said, I see men just as they are. So we are trees of righteousness. Remember now, the, the four stages in this season, the season of destruction, one is that palmer worm that wants to uh, destroy our fruit. Now, the next one in, in, in Joel chapter uh, 1 verse number 4 we're speaking of, it talks about the locust. Now, follow me with this, the locust. Now, the, the, the meaning of the word locust means a rapid increase of destruction. In the natural, dig this, in the natural, the, the locusts eat the leaves. Why does it eat the leaves? Because the leaves provide food for the tree, okay? You are trees of righteousness. So I'm like, Lord, what are you trying, what are you saying? He says, spiritually... The locust, one of the stages that we will experience or have not already been experiencing, it means in the spiritual, it means to destroy. All right? What is it trying to destroy? It is trying to destroy divine fellowship. That's where you got clicks in the body. Clicks in the body. Y'all know what clicks in the body is? Huh. Yeah. yeah. See, that, that, that's that locust at work. It's at work. In other words, God says its purpose, the locust's purpose, is to fragment the body of Christ. Now, what are you talking about, Lord? You're going to fragment the body of Christ. He said, denominations, Episcopal, we call them Episcopalians, Catholics, huh, Baptists, Methodists, all of them. You know what I'm talking about? See, that's a fragmentation of the body of Christ. See, that's the purpose of the locust. He wants the body to be divided. If the body is divided, then what, what we can bring about, what we can bring about through unity, it won't take place. And the reason why is because the body is fragmented. See, we're going through that stage even now. See, they want to blame it on COVID, but you've got to understand what's eating away at the body of Christ. It's trying to fragment because each one goes set up their own thing. You got a, you got a church on every corner. And all because something they've disagreed with, and so they decided, well, we're going to go over here and we're going to teach this way because that way is wrong. You got to watch what what spirit is operating. You have to watch what spirit is operating. So so the 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 locust is designed to eat up your growth. It's designed to eat up your increase. Increase in what from the word. He's eating. He's 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 coming forth with that that fragmentation is what he's doing. He's he, he's at a place where the, see the food is the word. And if he can eat up 
the word, or get the word out of you, <laughs> then what will happen is it means you're dead spiritually without the word. Okay? You, we've got to have the word in order to survive. Okay? We're still talking about those four stages. We're talking about the, the destruction, the pathway that it, ta- that it takes. We, it, it creates denomination. We can't get along. One believe one thing, one believe another thing. If I don't speak in tongues, I'm not saved. The devil is a lie. I am shown up, shown up, shown up, shown up, saved. Don't matter what nobody else thinks. It's what me and Jesus got going on. Now, the next thing it talks about, it talked about the canker worm. The natural part of the, dig this. The natural, the natural thing that the canker worm does, it goes into the bark. Eating and destroying. So I asked the Lord, I said, God, now what is the what does the bark represent? He said, the bark is the lifeline. You mean the, the, the bark is the lifeline? And then he says this to me. He says, the bark is sound doctrine. See that canker worm, he goes into the bark. And he wants to destroy the lifeline. See, sound doctrine is your lifeline. Sound doctrine. The church is no longer spiritually founded on the principles of Christ, but man-made traditions. Today, the church has become a social club. It's a place of confusion. A few weeks back in Bible study, God spoke to us, and he, he said, I began to teach out of the book of Timothy. And, and I didn't quite understand why he wanted me to go to Timothy. And what we discovered was it was talking about sound doctrine. you got to be careful who you let speak into you. I had a person that, you know, that said that, uh, and, I, I, and I told him, I said, well, it's like this, son. The uh, uh, only thing I can tell you, you just keep on searching. I mean, they were wanting to say that uh, only King James, these 66 books, is the only thing that exists here. And nothing else. And they said, as far as the Apocrypha and uh, any, any other book that was referenced to, said that was not even in the Bible. Well, that was a lie right then. But there was no need for me to be able to tell them that because they was not in a, per- a place of listening. They didn't want to hear. But when you go into the Scripture, and I, I pass it on to, to the people of God that was in Bible study, when you go into the book of Joshua, when it talks about the sun standing still, it speaks about a book called Jasher. All right? Now, Jasher is part of those uh, books in the Apocrypha. So, so, and then, you know, I'm like, if Joshua spoke about that book, and you tell me that, 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 that that's not in, you know, that has nothing to do with the Bible, well, why did Joshua talk about it? He said, reference to this is in the book of Jasher. He said, it's there. And so then I looked at that thing. I said, God, my God. But, 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 but then God, that, you know, sometimes God will hide some things from you. Then he takes me over to 2 Samuel chapter number 1, verse number 18, when David begins to reverence uh, to the children of Judah about the same book, the book of Jasper. So how is it that those other things don't even exist? we just lazy. We don't want to research. We don't want to go no deeper. We just want to be on surface teaching. God has said, 
all that Christ has done, you, it can't even be written in the volume of the book. But 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 we 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 get ourselves confused because we got somebody some old some old craziness over here that that them broke away from somebody somebody of Christ and they're fragmented and they're trying to teach something else. But you, and 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 that was no need for me. And of course, he was asking me, "Well, did you correct him?" I said, "No," because they was not at a state of listening. Because you're just wasting your breath when you're trying to teach something that's in the Bible and they already got their mind made up. Don't care what the Bible says. It's their way or no way. Okay? So, so, you know, sound doctrine. See, that's the next thing that's happening in this world. Sound doctrine. You know, they call it wrong, right, right, wrong, all kind of craziness. See, that's not sound doctrine. That's why you got to get in that word and you got to seek the Holy Spirit for truth. Amen? So, and you can't keep following after the tradition of men. Because God said, you have made my word of none effect. Because of the tradition of men. So now let's look at, we talked about the caterpillar. Okay, we're almost done, y'all. So you better grab this while you can, okay? The caterpillar. Now what the caterpillar does, and, and, and the natural, it sucks the life out of you. It wants to take the spirit out of you. And without the spirit of God, you will die. You will die without the spirit of God. Each stage, of the, each stage is a stage of destruction, and it is progressive. Now, get to what God said to us about the fruit-bearing season that we are going to enter into. He says now, he said now, the seasons of loss is on the heels of your fruit-bearing season. I said, okay, God, okay. Now, Let's now, let, let, let's go to the book of Joel, back to the book of Joel, and we are going to go to chapter number two. Chapter number two. We're almost done. Chapter number two. The book of Joel. Chapter number two. Are we there? We're going to begin now at verse number three. This is why we can't give up in the season of loss. Because, see, there's something comes after the season of loss, which is a fruit-bearing season. Okay? Now, verse number 23 in Joel chapter number 2. Are we there? It says then, he says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So, okay, Lord, what are you, what, what are you saying to me? What, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? Now, that word formal rain, when it talks about the formal rain that's coming down moderately, the formal rain, when you look that word up in the Hebrew, the formal rain means teacher of righteousness. Teacher of righteousness. Why is it we have to be taught after our season of loss about righteousness? It's because the canker worm has infiltrated sound doctrine. 
In other words, you got to go back over and revisit the basis. In other words, the first principle, the first principles because of the infestation of erroneous teaching. See, it says it'll come down moderately, slowly. If you think about now, if, if the ground is dry, if we're in a drought and it's, and it's, it's parched, we don't need a, a downpour because the ground is really, really, really hard. You need a slow soaking rain, and it's coming moderately, okay? Uh, and, and because uh, uh, it, the canker worm in those stages, in those four stages, it says infiltrated sound doctrine, we have to go back to teaching all over again of what, the, what God says in his word. Because there's a season of time when you're not careful, you will hear the wrong thing, you will believe the wrong thing without searching it for yourself. See, we've got to take out our own thoughts. The first thing that we need to discard is our own thoughts that we know. Anybody been there besides me? Say, you know, oh, I know. No, you don't know. Let the Holy Ghost teach you. He's the teacher. And then we have to succumb and surrender to the Holy Spirit. You have to do that. And he says there's so much erroneous teachings, so much erroneous teachings out there. What about don't forget yourself of coming together again in fellowship? What about that scripture? People say, well, you know, I can share the God at the house. But who you in fellowship with? You, the dogs, and the cats? He said, don't forget to assemble yourselves together. The dog don't speak a human language. It can't talk back, and if it does, you better get him out. But who you in fellowship with? See, you got to be careful. There's so much stuff going on out here in the world today, and there's so much demonic activity. We have not a clue what's really going on around us. Two instances I've had people call wanting to commit suicide, had planned it. They was going to commit suicide. They had given up. Uh-uh. All because the whispering and chanter was speaking to them. They felt like they had no worth. They felt like they had no hope. All kind of teachings going on. The lady talked about stuff going on in her home and things that she had seen outside of her home and she didn't know what to do. She was tormented day and night. Tormented day and night. There was no peace. There was no rest. This is what people are going through out there. That's demonic activity. That's what that is. But you've got to know how to come combat demonic activity. Well, well, you know, demons aren't real. Well, let me tell you, some demons are real, too. How do you know, Miss Burton? Because I encountered a demon, got knocked down by one. And I have 18 witnesses to prove it. They're real. Darkness is real. Before I go to this, Minister Tom came Wednesday night with this thing he read. And I, I wish every one of you can get it. The first night, I kept falling asleep on it. Every time I 
I kept falling asleep. He talked to, he talked to me, he gave me, he gave us the author and talked about, and the title of the message was Satan, the book, the story he was telling. And he talked about how the, the Satan was this, this, this thing, this man on the side of the road. And this preacher was going by, and he wanted to walk past him, but it kept calling him, kept calling him, coming to help me, kept coming to help me. And finally, finally, as he began to talk to the, to the person, it was the preacher, as he began to talk to him, he began to tell him, he said, I've been with you all my life, all your life. I've been with you. And the preacher said, well, I don't know you. You don't know me. So how can this be? So you're just a liar. Well, that part was true because it was the devil. By the time he got the story finished, it was talking to him. Satan said, I'm Satan. And he kept saying how he needed him, how he convinced him that, that his prosperity and everything he had accomplished in life, he got it through by him, Satan. He had convinced him so much. See, this is those, those dark spirits out there. He had convinced him so much, the preacher, that the preacher took the devil up off the side of the road, threw him on his shoulder, and carried him home with him. I wonder how many times we didn't pick him up. See, the man was using the preacher as an example. <laughs> how many times we didn't pick him up and carried him home with us? See, it's, it's darkness. It's, it's, it's all out there. We've got to understand that. We, we have to understand that. But, but God says now, God says he's going to give us the former rain as well as the latter rain. All right? Now, remember now that, that, that former rain, that the former rain is a teacher of, he's teaching us about righteousness. Because somehow or another, it seemed to have eluded us, escaped our mind all about righteousness. We are the righteousness of Christ, is what the word of God says. We are the righteousness of Christ. It has nothing to do with us. You can't make yourself righteous. We are the righteousness of Christ. Amen. But then he says this. He said, I'm going to also give you the latter rain. I'm like, okay, God, what is the latter rain? Hmm. He said, the latter rain is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's the outpouring. We have not seen anything yet. It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then verse number 23 in the book of Joel, chapter number 2, verse 23 says this. Here's the promise in this fruit-bearing season. The promise is, and I will do what? Restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. The canker worms and the caterpillars and the palmer worms, my great army, who sent them? He said, which I sent among you. God sent them. <laughs> he said, I'm going to restore that. I'm, I am going. See, if you think you're on, on the bottom right now, there's a promise in the word of God that says, I am going to restore everything that you've lost. I'm going to restore and then he says this in verse number, I think verse number 26, verse 26, he says, and ye shall eat in plenty. See, he deals with the spiritual as well as the natural. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never 
be ashamed. There, are come, there is coming a season after the season of loss, a season of restoration. All that you've lost. God said, I'm going to give it back. But watch what he says now. This is the last verse. This is the last verse, okay? In Joel chapter 2, verse number 28. Remember we talked about the out. No, it's not the last verse. We've got one other place we have to go. All right, it talks about now how the outpouring, the latter rain, is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, in verse number 28, it says this. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will do what? Pour out my spirit upon what? All flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. See, in that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then it says now that he's going to pour it out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, it says they will prophesy. They will be speaking for God. And then he says that the old men will dream dreams and the young men shall see visions. There will be so many young visionaries in this last, last days. Now, here's the last scripture. Let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. Amen. New Testament. Acts chapter number 2. And then we're going to look at verse number 16. Are we there? All right. This is what it says, verse 16. It says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. See, right before that, you know, that, that, was, that was the Holy Spirit, the outpouring. That was the first outpouring. Now this is going to be the second outpouring. Now watch what it says. This, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse number 17, it says this. Key words here in verse number 17, Acts chapter 2. And it shall come to pass in the what? It says, and it shall come to pass in the, what kind of days? What kind of days are we living in right now? Okay. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith who? Not man, but God. He says, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And then verse number 18 says, And all my servants and all my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days. Those days are the last days. And we are living in the last days. He says he is going to pour out his, his spirit on my servants and on my handmaidens. And I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. What the word prophesy mean? Teach, preach. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's what God said. See, not only... 
Without, and, and, and this is another thing the Lord says to us on, on Wednesday. This is a season of witnessing. God's going to pour out on his people, on his, all flesh. You know, whether you're male, whether you're female, God's going to pour out his spirit. And when what's going to happen is they're going to begin to speak. Uh, and that's why it's so important we understand what your job represents or what the supermarket represents that you go to. Or the, that crowd that you, you find yourself up in that you shouldn't be in. So the main thing is God said, that is your marketplace. That's where you witness on your job, in your family, whomever you encounter to share the word of God. God said that is your marketplace. And because it is your marketplace, you need to go ahead and begin to witness there. You need to tell people about Jesus Christ. You need to do that. You need to tell them because we are in the last days and he is coming back. Now, some of us say, well, you know, just like the Bible said. Well, they've been saying that for a long time. Even Paul talks about it in the scripture. Well, you've been saying Jesus is coming back for a long time, but one day he is coming back. His time is not like our time. He's an internal God. He said one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like one day. So we really don't really know what time, how time is or what time is. Or really what time it really is. We don't know. Because when you compare it to what, the way God thinks and what God says, we have not a clue how far away we may be or how close we may be. If over almost 2,000 years and they was talking about that, uh, uh, about Christ returning, and he didn't return in their day, but now we're still saying the same thing. I wonder how much closer are we? See, that's why it's so important that we understand every season that we're in and what they mean. When we have to do something else, we've got to dig. And when we're digging, we, if you dig, you'll find some hidden treasures. Because, see, I found some hidden treasures. We're entering in, we're about to enter in when we finish the lost season, the stages of destruction. We go into that fruit-bearing season. Not only will we receive in the natural for us, but God has also designed for us to be able to witness out there about his witness. That's why I said to him this morning, yesterday, I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this song of the goodness of God. Because when you really think about the goodness of God, we're supposed to have been really cut off. When we really think about the goodness of God, how faithful He's been to us when we wasn't faithful to him. All we got to do is just, just allow our mind to reflect how good he is. That song says, you know, he, he has been so, so good. So when, you, when we reflect, that means we need to go back with every breath that we have and sing about his goodness. Because he's been good to us, though. He has been good to us. The good, when we were good, when we were bad and ugly, and sometimes we're still good, bad, and ugly, he's been good to us. He's been good to us. When we should have been cut off because of our disobedience, he was still good to us. That's why we got, we got a testimony to tell somebody about the goodness of God. And that fruit-bearing season. 
When you witness to people, don't witness about you. You witness about the God that's in you that got you to where you are today. Because you can't do it. Only God. And it was only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God that we are where we are. Only by the grace. Only by the grace. Sometimes we should have lost our minds with situations and circumstances we have gone through. But only by the grace of God that we are still standing. Only by the grace. But get ready for your fruit-bearing season. From now on, don't look at your job as a regular job or means to get some of this in. You're there for a purpose. If you're a light, you're there for a purpose. It ain't about this in. It's about revealing to those around you that's in darkness about the light, who he is. So they too can come to the light. Your marketplace, when you go where your job, wherever it is, where you encounter people, that is your marketplace. That's your marketplace. I wonder next time you step in a situation, we're going to see, will it come to your memory? Oh, this is a marketplace where I'm supposed to be able to tell somebody about the goodness of God. Even among your family, among your family, you'll be able to tell them about the goodness of God. Now, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. For his word. Amen. 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 I pray that you have received what God has to say. And, and I pray that if you've, if you've taken.